You're listening to Gensoki Radio Live number 108 this evening. I am Lunar Spotlight here, joined by DMJ654 and Zara. Welcome, guys. So, DMJ, uh, it's live number 108. What number is that in Roman noodles? Oh, gosh. I made this. <laughs> First off, don't ask me this, because I already struggle with Super Bowl Roman numerals. Oh. Second of all... That was the worst flub I ever made. It happened like confidently before we were even live. DMJ is talking about something. I didn't hear it because I was monitoring the sound, and uh, he, I I come back and he's like, "Lunar, I'm so glad you didn't hear that. I I flubbed so badly. Like Roman noodles, are they tasty? Like in my brain. Don't worry, he'll have a soundboard clip of it later. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) probably actually. the, the thing is, like, I'm trying my best to, to, to not to not screw that up, and my brain immediately went to noodles. Uh-huh. And in my brain, I'm imagining, like, okay, so I'm, you know how when you get a Roman, uh, like a uh, ramen noodle packet, and it's like, uh, it's all square and stuff. Yeah. And then you have like the packet. So mm-hmm. now Roman noodles is exactly that, except spaghetti. And then it's like, like just packaged marinara that you put on top and throw in a microwave. <laughs> you would be surprised how well thin spaghetti actually works as a replacement for ramen noodles if you don't have it. I know, right? It actually is like, and same thing with like linguine. If you don't have um, the the proper noodle to do like Chinese uh, fried noodles and stuff. I, it's like oh, crazy. Well? I have to try that. Yeah, they actually do fry well. Like if you were to use them. Um, because like you can also use them for like uh pretty much any any egg noodle you can replace with uh uh like a just any Italian noodle uh for frying. It's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, I it's they're very similar. I think it's the gluten's. Right then, so it is another show, another month on this fine summer day, but only for just a little while longer, DMJ. I'm preparing. You're preparing. The, 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 the skeletons will come, and we will have to defend. Remember, they took last year off for COVID. They, right. they said we'll be coming back. Uh-huh. And, and they're gonna be they're gonna be extra spooky. I don't know how. They're gonna be extra spooky. And we need to, you need to, we need to get that, that, that de-spookin' juju going. G-spookin'? De-spookin'? <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> it sounds like a different language. De-spookin'? Do you spookin' the spookin'? Uh, alright, so, you know, it, what's, it, you, it's funny you mentioned that, actually, because when I was putting together the playlist for this show, I, I keep, I kept running into songs that I wanted to use for this playlist but like october is next month and that's the spooky month right so we've got we've got songs coming up next month like um like mummy's pants that's m-u-m-m-y uh and like it, it's okay silly title i get it right it's it's toho fan music that's just the way it is but there are other there's other stuff too that's gonna be a brand new song um as well as every song tonight 100% brand new music, never been played before on a live show or the station in general. Obviously, music you're hearing now in the background is quite nice, and it's 
pretty similar to what we normally play, but it is from new albums from DDBY, Cafe de Toho 7 and 8, uh, Bartender Remu 2 and 3, um, and that is majorly provided by Zara, so thank you, Zara. Um, hopefully, hopefully I can get these, I got like a big, I don't know if people can't see this, but I got a big stack of CDs here, and I'm actually going through our catalog. Uh, so, so and, you're doing what I was doing like a couple months ago, basically. Yeah, I, I, I still got, have like, a, I still have a physical stack of CDs on my desk that I haven't uh, ingested yet. So, like, it's, I actually, you know what? You know what upsets me? I need to actually. Nobody sells this anymore, or doesn't sell them in like decent quality mm -hmm. CD racks because nobody has CDs anymore. No one uses that. Yeah, exactly. So, I had an enter I remember specifically as a kid, I had an entertainment center, like a big, the, one of those big ones, and it had a built-in CD rack that was massive. It was pretty much the whole length of the entertainment center. We had like hundreds of CDs in there. You know, you want to know something you'll probably find in Gensokyo for how forgotten it is? Those multi-CD players where like you can put in like i don't know 30 40 some cds they all just kind of sit vertically and then there's like this robotic mechanism or whatever that just spins it around grabs whatever cd you want and then puts it on the tray and plays it those are fascinating we our family never had one of those but my neighbors did and i was fascinated by it because he'd use it pretty regularly back in the day so okay that's a new bug that i have to deal with I got Discord problems. Discord problems. <laughs> it's not on. It's not on like actual like Discord on um, computer, but it's on my mobile phone, which I'm using to monitor general. Mm -hmm. And I joined a server, and their server rules keep popping up outside of their server. <laughs> oh, that's weird. So like, it pops up every time I close my phone and reopen. I get the 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 rules for. Welcome to Hoggett, because I play DCS so much. Oh. <laughs> so I use Hoggett server. Oh, it's up and... Gensoki Radio. Welcome to DCS. Yeah, it's telling me, hey, you know what you need to do today? Let's go Let's go drop some bombs and accidentally friendly fire some guys. Uh, right. uh, Lunar should, <laughs> should fly with us. I know, Zara, you keep bugging me about it. I have not the space or the time. <laughs> More no, you do not have the space or I, the time. I more importantly don't have the space. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that... no, and the time. I can tell you this. Like, people are, there are people that are not like me who can learn a plane with only seven and a half flight hours. True. Although I have, I, I do have Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, so. The new one. The, uh, the, the um... one that, that made, uh, my, my NVIDIA 970 kind of cry a bit before, uh, getting the one I currently have now. And even then, Hello. it's still a very, like, graphically intense game for how detailed it is and all the different resources and stuff it pulls. It's yeah. a really cool game, like, technically. And I, I gather DCS is as well, but, yeah. <laughs> Just airplane game things. So what about the music tonight? We've got, uh, as we've mentioned, a bunch of new music, but um, I think it was last month, maybe the month before, where we mentioned a whole bunch of different circles that we've got but we've got uh this month new music from well we're not going to play all of these obviously but um very shortly on the station will be new music from akatsuki records avenue room blue green music ddby like the ones we're listening to now hey digital wing genso storage ichibancha 
Kachi Kachiyama, Kani Cream Choco Corn, Kuro Neko Lounge, Machi Hazare, Mahotoa, which is actually the circle behind the first, uh, the intro song that we played tonight, NetKV Records, Orpheus of Flame, Pizio Cell, Rebaro, Reverse Resistance Records, Rolling Contact, Sound of Swing, and Toho Jihen. I think that's most of them. I might, might have missed a couple, but uh, yeah, that's the bulk of it right there, so. Cool stuff. So, let's uh, look forward to that. Now, something I should also mention is that I am experimenting with a new way of doing the shows on my end, uh, so that the sounds and the transitions will be very similar to what you hear on our current um, just 24-7 station setups. I'm, I'm basically using our scheduling software locally to drive the source audio instead of using uh, what I've used for the past several years, which is FUBAR 2000, so... <laughs> uh, but that, that, I think that'll do better for the transitions and things between songs, particularly when you've got, you know, those, those long periods of silence either at the beginning or the end or whatever, you know, fade-ins and fade-outs, it'll do better with those. So, uh, hey DMJ, yeah. have you have I have I bothered you with Kachikachiyama yet? No, but you should. Uh, I'm yeah, always down need, for new music. You need to because uh, we we all know how much you love foreground eclipse, right? Don't don't play this card. You know that's you know that's big uh, talk. Uh, that's real yeah. big talk. It is. Well, uh, Kachikachiyama is the instrumentalist from Register Six mixed with Narami. Really. Register six. That's a that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> you should uh you should send me that good good so I can listen to that. <laughs> cool. Well, let's jump into our first batch of songs tonight. We've got plenty of them to go through, so we're stacking three per break rather than the usual two. Uh, our first one here is from Digital Wing from the album Survive. After that, stuff from Kuroneko Lounge and then Akatsuki Records after that. So here we go. This is Gensoku Radio Live number 108.
Sokyo Radio Live number 108 this evening. I am Lunar here again with DMJ and Zara, and we have another guest with us uh, this evening. This is actually technically a guest show, although uh, I think there are only one or two people that said, hey, uh, they'll be around for it. Uh, we have Flat Bartender joining us with us again tonight. Uh, welcome back. Hey, what's up? I think you've been here before, so uh, all good. We are, man, I, I just have to mention, when we, when, so behind the scenes, when the songs are playing, uh, as happens, I invited Flat, and then DMJ is going off the deep end about something that he's discovered that Zara informed him about that uh, was kind of mind-blowing, and, um... Excellent. Yeah. That's the effect that Zara has, I guess. Please, please stop, Zara. I only have so much time in my life. <laughs> we have a show to do. Stop sending me music. This, this is... That's that's that is what Zara does. 
things happened. I nerded out about vocals. It it happens. Right. Uh. Cool. <laughs> so uh, another thing that DMJ has been working on behind the scenes is a uh, list of game stuff. So um, I think we'll hop into the Steam side this time. Well, no, actually, let's 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 hit the official game first, and then we'll go to Steam. Uh, because that one's pretty important. We talked about 17.5 uh, coming out in August. Obviously, it's September now. Um, so, what the heck happened? This is a little unusual, and DMJ dived into it a little bit, so I'll, I'll give him the floor. First off, um, I would like to preface this. This is old news. Some of you might have already know, but I don't think we've covered it. Right, because it which... happened in between our last show and this one, so. It... Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> uh, this happened back in March. <laughs> what? Okay, well, yeah. go, go on. Go ahead. We didn't cover this, and I am deeply saddened. Oh. Um, so, 17.5 was delayed. Um, I get, uh, yeah. There's development issues. Uh, it will not be able to make uh, R18. It's a Red Tie 18. Yeah, so... Uh... Of course, so, but it will be coming soon. However, there is a quote in here I really want to bring up, which makes me very excited. Uh, let me pull up the full Zun tweet, because Zun did tweet about this. Um, Zun said, We apologize for not being able to being able to distribute the game on the day of the event. But hey, we won't make you wait for too long before we bring you, quote, the most destructive story development like we've never seen before, and a nostalgic, uncanny vibe that you usually cannot experience in other Toho works. Ooh, that's pretty... What? I mean, it's kind of what ominous, is... but also, like, sounds pretty cool. So, so um, for you that... For, for people that don't know... Oh, man, did I just clo close Google Translate? I did. Oh, no. Now you have uh... to actually read... <laughs> now I actually have to read. Um, Hope you can learn a language in 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Google to the rescue. But um, for those who listened to uh, um, the last uh, show, if I remember correctly, um, this game has to deal with the fact that... Um, Gensokyo discovers essentially oil. <laughs> yes, that was mentioned. Yeah. Uh, yep. So what's insanely crazy is the fact that he's bringing up this is the most destructive game. Now, um, for those people who are completely out of the loop on how Gensokyo the land works, lore time. Um, Hit me. Anything that enters through the barrier um object-wise, is something that has been forgotten in the real world. So, technically, what happened here was actually a good thing, at least for us on the outside. That means we have completely eliminated oil. Uh, apparently. So, yeah, apparently. That, 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 that also is, that goes... why the, uh, is that why the United States is falling apart? Because we have to enter against Tokyo and uh, recoup the oil again? Okay, don't, don't get me started on this, because I have, like, a... a, a, a like, a fan story in my head that also might also be a concept album of humanity entering, like all of humanity entering in Tokyo. Human, a human village member goes, "Why do I hear Dixieland?" <laughs> yeah. But, um, but 
now that all of oil has entered Gensokyo um, and it's been got forgotten in the real world, that means that it, this could be a, an environmental issue. It's definitely bringing up environmental vibes to me when I look, read into um, the story of what's going on, especially when they start bringing up, uh, where is it? Uh, is there something? I gotta bring up, yeah, it's, there we go, pre-story. Uh, that it starts, the oil starts entering uh, the groundwater and, um, and stuff like that, destroying streams, hot springs. It's no um, good. How long before, how long before Nikari actually recreates a tiger tank? We'll get to tanks later. Um, so, <laughs> trust me, th there's a reason why I'm excited once we get to fan games. Because <laughs> there's some weird stuff going on. I think three of the weirdest games. Um, but what's really interesting about um, this whole story and the fact that Zun brings up the fact that it is the most destructive story development that we have ever seen. I have reason to believe that this event here is going to be kind of like when... Um, the Moria Shrine screwed up everything and gave hell nuclear power. Um, I mean, that was pretty, yeah, it was pretty bad. That informed like the next several games. This, I have reason to believe, and which is weird, it's going to be in a Tassifro game, is going to be another pivoting story element where all the games going forward are going to stem from this quote unquote black water or oil. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's fine if uh, it's fine if that happens because they're already like, as far as concept concepts go in the uh, modern in like the current world, they're already in game things that still, they're already in game. They're already things that are still um, known to us, still remembered by us. Like, say, nuclear fission. We very much still remember that. Yeah, and that's still like a very, um, that's not so. so which, what about nuclear fission? In Gensokyo, I think that was a development within Gensokyo itself. It wasn't like something like, hey, nuclear fission has popped through the through the barrier. It was like a natural development, kind of like when um, the Scarlet Devil Mansion made a rocket to go to the moon. They did it out of magic. It was a completely homegrown and completely Gensokyo product, but it's still, you know, a rocket that went to the moon. We still use rockets. So I, I do want to see I do want to see what an alternate world of tank development would look like or armor or like vehicle development would look like, because if uh, anyone has studied history, the history of vehicle development and especially armored vehicle development was a very wild ride. And it could go any one of different ways in an alternate universe. So this informs me of several different pro ideas going forward. Um, I'm wondering if Zun is ever going to address, you know, throughout the Toho franchise, there's kind of been kind of like a, what I would call a quote unquote technological stagnation. Um, if whether or not we're going to start seeing a more industrialized Gensokyo going forward, or if that's going to be a sticking point in the plot, mm -hmm. um, which is very interesting because there always has been a, and again, we're going into lore time. Um, there's always been the lunar, the uh, looming threat of a Lunarian invasion of Gensokyo for whatever reason. Most, I think 
the Lunarian's motivation was, hey, the United States went to the moon and landed, and we consider that incursion on our territory. The only place we can land is Gensokyo, so we're going to take it. That is basically how it's always been. It's been kind of like a looming Cold War threat up there for a long time. Don't worry, in my campaign, I am addressing that with a literal Cold War. Oh, um, no, we're, we're stepping back <laughs> into some of the things that DMJ has learned in making his campaign. Remember, there's a lot of... I spent a long time on the wiki from 2012 until now just downloading the lore and that's, into my brain. That's, it's that's fair. That's fair gross amount mm -hmm. and there is a i have like this the the the, the campaign theory uh, lunarians soviet union there's a whole thing um <laughs> what's but what's really interesting is seeing kind of like a more modernized gensokyo going forward if the oil is kind of the big shifting point because it seems like before somebody mentioned in chat we had the urban legends which was kind of like a big plot point um, I would also say that because of the urban legends, we also had like kind of the the faith the faith wars that we had uh, during the first um, I want to call it this um, the first HD game that we got the first uh, the fighter um, I think I'm trying to remember which one that one was it 14 no 13 13.5 okay yeah that fighter um so. It's going to be very interesting to see if this is the most destructive story development that we had. Um, I'm kind of excited to see what the future is going to be, because if this is going to be a major pivot point, because I think this is the, the first time that um, oil has been brought up within the canon. At least... Not that I'm, I'm trying to remember. Let I me, think because we, I, I remember us mentioning this well before when we talked about this game on a different one. Because I think, and I'm trying to remember back, I made the exact same joke. <laughs> so let me ask you this, DMJ: If rockets were developed independently in in Gensokyo, what it, do we consider? oil and natural resource i don't feel like we can assume that its use has been you know gone and forgotten in the world like outside of Gensokyo, because you know it's, it's kind of like you know trees still exist water still exists uh well, it's a natural resource you know well, what i'm saying what i'm saying is because I'm, I'm doing a more of an artistic interpolation on okay. um, the idea of oil entering Gensokyo is a very big deal for us mm -hmm. because and this is something I do with a lot of stories. I always think of the art, the author's or artist's intent. And I think the intent of Zun here is to say, hey, we have eliminated oil. Because we have eliminated oil from, you know, vehicles, uh, burning fossil fuels, coal, uh, moving over to more natural resources in the outside world, at least in this version of uh, our universe that that would move to Gensokyo because it's quote unquote forgotten. It's a, it's a something that is being forgotten and it is be moving over into Gensokyo, which isn't saying that it is gone. It's just something that is 
forgotten in moving over. Kind of like how um how would I put this? Kind of like how when uh like uh <laughs> yes, camera. Sorry, camera. I, my brain. Okay. Like, that's still something that we had. It fell through the barrier. Sure. Okay. I'm not saying the camera was for, like cameras were forgotten. Yeah, but but uh, arguably, film cameras kind of have. Yes, but and notice there's a flip cell phone. True. Flip cell phones have gone. They're, they're, they're gone. coming back because they're, they're well, coming okay, back. Okay. Look, aside from the foldable screen thing. Right. What we're talking about, uh, I mean, I, I'd ag agree with that in the sense that flip phones are largely gone from, you know, what we know them as, but they're still... Uh, the fact that Japan's still regularly... Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was getting at, is that, you know, there, there are people in other parts of the world that still, you know, flip phones are still very common. And they're still exactly the same, like, layout and form factor as you remember them. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so I think we've covered this topic enough probably <laughs> because i feel like we need to move on there's still yeah what, other things hold we on so cover. we we started at here's you know, news about the official toho game you know 17.5 is delayed but then we got into this giant lore discussion i guess this is a good as place as good a place as any to mention that if you are not yet with us on discord uh, we do have one of those servers at discord.gg slash gr it's two letters can join us over there. There's a few questions to answer. They're pretty basic, and then you can join the discussion. at the lack of memory in general right now. Come on. Yeah, let's let's tune it up a little bit. You know what? Though I think this was the first time we actually had like a deep lore discussion on Toho. Kind of. We've done deep lore discussions on anything else. Look, but it's Toho, it's always it's al it has always been some, Halo. it's always been something of a tangent. And um, speaking of tangents, we also have Nano with us. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Just off work. I'm alive. Excellent. There you go. All right. Um, do do we want to jump into Steam games now, or do we want to jump into the next? Uh... <laughs> let's 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 go ahead and jump into the next music segment. All right. All right. Because these will get fun. We'll do that. All right. <laughs> so we've got a few more songs here. Something from Azure and Sands. After that, something from the album Divot, and then finally something from At the Mercy of Sounds. Is that what it is? Hold on. At the mercy. Yes, that's what it is. Excellent. So we'll jump into this segment here, and we'll be back in just a little bit here again. Soki Radio Live number 108.
is Gensoki Radio Live number 108 this evening. It's Lunar, DMJ, Zara, Nano, and Flat Bartender here with us this evening. Hello? Yes. So we are trying out a new sound setup, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, uh, using the same scheduling program that we use for a 24-7 operation and incorporating it into running these shows so hopefully i you know it sounds like it's going well pretty uh pretty pretty much so far i don't know what i was trying to say there but yeah um good stuff again if you missed it last time we mentioned uh we do have a discord server at discord.gg gr if you aren't there already what are you doing join us over there it discord is super easy to join us that's that thing i just said that's a url type it into your browser discord.gg gr you'll find us and if you have the Discord client, then just type in the letters GR to find the server. That's it. It's easy. Like, I can't make it any easier for you. So go join us over there and uh, a bunch of listeners with us uh, this evening. Um, speaking of listeners, I'm going to do this a tad bit early here, but we've got people who are currently listening. Uh, countries and listeners is something we do every show. Uh, as I'm looking at this, we have... Uh, for some reason, it's only reporting folks that are listening on our 128 kbps stream. So there are more people listening than this list uh, sort of indicates. But right now we've got folks listening from uh, at least these countries. Obviously, there are more. But Indonesia, Moldova, Norway, Paraguay, Russia, the U.S. And we've got uh, Saiba and ETG listed as our listeners. Again, not really sure what's happening there. We definitely have more folks uh, listening than that. Uh, so maybe just part of the system. I'll have to look into between this show and the next, but uh, thank you regardless to all of our listeners out there who are tuned in. So that is that. So yeah, uh, let's get into some games here. Let's, you know, we've got a bunch of Steam games, obviously, that come out pretty much monthly this time around. We always have something to talk about during this segment, and... Uh, this month is no exception. So DMJ found a few games that are of note that we want to talk about. And again, he took the reins in this one, so I'm going to hand it off to him. All right. So we're going to start off with... Somebody please help me with the pronunciation so I don't flub again. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> please help. What's the word? Uh, the, the September 3rd, the first one there, it's Yu Yu Jiteki no Yukarin. Thank you. Now I don't have to be, put, be part on the flub sound movie, Yay. which is wonderful. Yu Yu Jiteki no Yukarin. Alright, so the story is Yuka uh, loves flowers more than anybody else in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's basically it. Can I read the Steam page? Oh, you can you you can read the Steam page. Hold on, let me look. Okay, Note. yes. <laughs> Notes: All English on the store page and game works are machine translated from Japanese. If you find a sentence that is inappropriate or offensive, I hope you understand it is not my intention. I think it's hard to read English, but please enjoy the game. I'm sorry. You can is showing various actions: jump, dash, crouch, kick, attack with an umbrella, grab and throw, climb a ladder. Grab a hanging ivy, swim Yuka Kazami, who takes various actions, sets out for her adventure world to solve her incident. 
game difficulty. Yeah. There are three levels of difficulty. Picnic, adventure, and expert. Yeah, There's no difference in the game. There's no difference in game content depending on difficulty levels, so play the game in a style that suits you. Hmm. The biggest strategy point of the game is how well you can use levitation. Um, because umbrellas provide levitation, or parasols in this case. Yes. <laughs> Alright. I am... So, yeah. I am gonna bring up bring up that this game looks great. Um, yeah, they claim cool. that it's all hand painted. The animations, if you uh, if you go to the the Steam page for this game, um, actually, like they look smooth. They look solid. They have like a couple like gifts that look really good. Um, but we are we are glossing over just you know the the, the most important part of the game. Yuka, yeah, in a convertible with a minigun, shooting Notori at a tank with a, in a tank. Uh, oh, with sunglasses on. Mm. You gotta and have that. Yuko, people's elbow off the top rope. <laughs> people's elbow. That was the only sentence I'm gonna leave you with because they're in the trailer and they're wonderful. It, uh, <laughs> people's elbow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. If you if you don't know what the people's elbow is, that's the the thing that Dwayne the Rock Johnson used to do, where the elbow goes up and then drops down on somebody. Yeah, but now off the top rope. So yeah, this game looks uh, pretty fun. It actually looks like it. It kind of uh, I want to call it a Kirby vibe because it doesn't. It, it's not Kirby at all. It's a but, it's a two D side scroller, but like it's it's I don't. It's just. It's a two D. It's a two D side scrolling platform. They were like a di they were like a dime a dozen in the GBA stage of the like yeah. late nineties. Yeah, 90s. you know what? There's but was it's the most anime of them all. But like the the movements, the interactions with other like characters and enemies and things, like it look it's really well done. And it, the the map that it shows uh, kind of reminds me of uh, Yoshi a little bit. Like Yoshi's Island, how you would navigate through that game yeah, on uh, Overworld. Yoshi's Island, at least the one I played for, oh gosh, what was it, the Nintendo 64 or something? It might mm -hmm. have been the GameCube, I don't remember, but I remember playing that, and that also had a very sort of, like, paper cutout, cartoony kind of, you know, like, if you had, like, layers of felt overlaid, but it wasn't, you know, um, it's that kind of thing, but, like, cartoony and in that case it wasn't really pixel art but this is more just like high definition pixel art almost if, if that makes any sense uh yeah yeah so i'm actually kind of liking this game the, the, definitely a lot of the attack animations are great they look a little like some of them are unique like i saw one uh, in the trailer where it looks like you could just like sky suplexes something um, and then there's another one in the little gift where she dashes forward, grabs the enemy by their throat, and then tosses them. And I was just like, huh, that's pretty neat. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. So the next game, next game we're going to talk about. Well, I, and so hold on, this, this one is available right now. Um, and it yes. is $15.99. So that's available on Steam if you're interested. All right, what, what do we got next? All right, this one, next one, released on the 23rd of last month. Uh, Labyrinth of Toho, Gensokyo, and the Heaven Piercing Tree. This one looks very polished, in my opinion. Um, it is a JRPG, a dungeon crawler. It kind of has um, 
see, because the thing is, is like, it's tile-based. It's like those old-school tile-based crawlers, almost. Um, actually, if you played any of the Aqua-style games, kind of feels like one of those. The uh, Aqua-style is roguelike, I think. All right, let's take a look here. We're looking. We're yeah. looking at the Labyrinth of Toads. So that's a, um, that's an older game, uh, Dojin game that came out. I don't remember a year, but I. That's going to be at least like a seven-year-old game. Um, this looks like maybe an expansion in the heaven-piercing tree. That's interesting. Let's take a look. <laughs> let me go through here. Let me sell some. Let me. Okay, so this game came out last uh, almost a month ago for the low uh, price of $29.99 US dollary dues. All right. Uh, well. So that's available. Um, let's take a look here. Let's go. I'm going to let me dive into the description after when uh, the browser lets me expand it. Give me a second. I need a lot of scripts. Uh, yeah, just, just nano things. Look, just... I'm working on it. All right. <laughs> Damn. About this game. Can't let it go that... Uh... Yeah, okay, good, I need good, to... <laughs> good luck. <laughs> All right. Let me slow down before I, before I race myself off the cliff and drink this water because I am dehydrated. This is going to be an adventure. All right. That was good. Can't let it go that Ama no Murakuma... <laughs> Screw me. Bear. Sorry. Almost there. Sword is gone. Cool. So they're chasing a sword. Um, we get the so in this in this title we get to solve the mystery of a towering heaven-piercing tree in Gensokyo. Dungeon RPG Labyrinth of Gensokyo and the Heaven-Piercing Tree finally released. Exclamation point. Wow. Long story. Dungeon RPG Girls of Gensokyo. Uh, blah blah. Let's take a look here. We got keyboard layout controls in the description. <laughs> F all F four. Quick game directly. Amazing. All right. So we got Z enter. All right. So. Um, I will tell you my experiences that, because uh, this half this description is unfortunately not. Half this description looks like a uh, config file. It does. Um, it does look like a config file. So, uh, but you know, I'll keep selling it. You can launch this game in full screen or windowed mode. Uh, windowed size is 1600 by 900, so keep that in mind. Um, yield nah, <laughs> 1080p players there. Um, you also can do full screen mode up to 1920-1080, so feel very comfortable with that. I'm sorry, uh, those who do wider screen than that. Um, so, memory of this game. Uh, it is a, it is one of those very, very, very grindy games. The thing that like you can get any character to like some un untold max number to make them do a whole lot of things. It is, it is very much, if I recall, and if it's still the same game, being that this sounds like it's an updated version or expanded version, uh, it is a time sync game. So if you need time to sink into something and you're very much into waifuism, go for it. Um, there's a lot of time that you can potentially have. However, I will, I will, I will note that English language is not supported, but I recall at some point in the previous versions that there was an English patch that someone made that I cannot attest to is available for this version. So keep that in mind. Uh, all right, we're moving on to the next tile before I sink this hole any deeper. We got something that was released on August 27th. Let me open up the tab for that one. Give me a second. This is a all right. Nano the Bowl in the China shop. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Solutions require problems. The literal so. China shop. <laughs> uh -huh. Hold on. Three fairies hop and flapping great journey with an exclamation mark. It is a mostly positive game. Uh, this is an English uh, description. The screenshots seem to have English in them. So if you are an English speaker, which I assume some of us are probably, uh, this is something that might be your alley. Hey. So I'm excited uh, to hear somebody read the story. It's <laughs> Look, I'm getting there. It's all you. But first, I need to read the little blurb on the right here. Uh, it is a tactics algorithm RPG of a pop worldview stretched out by the three fairies of light 
Uh, that's in quotes with an exclamation mark. While hopping and flapping the world of quarter view, can the three fairies defeat Cherno by mastering tactic system? Question mark. Contrary to its pop appearance, it's a large volume RPG with plenty of elements to play, but very positive. Released August 27th, we have developer Yomogi Soft and published by Phoenix of Two X's Incorporated. That's very uh, important. Yeah, very important because there could be other Phoenixes. Let me see what else they've released. Uh, huh, they have some other titles in here. Um, some two, some. Uh, not, uh, they have 12, 12 on Steam. So that's neat. Developer, let me just take a look. Developer, that's the only game from that developer for the whopping price of $17.99 in US dollary dues. All right, I'm scrolling down here. We got a read more button I'm clicking. I'm looking through it. I'm making sure, oh, this is a lot of read more and I can't describe these gifts, but I will describe the words around them. Uh, the feeblest bunch in Olegan Sokyo are now our heroes, question mark, exclamation mark. Hopping in a flapping toe spin-off RPG stretch out by the trio of Sunny Milk, Luna Child, and Star Sapphire. Um, there is some dialogue. There is a story. Excellent. Uh, in the fantastical land of Gensoku, there is a school for the fairies. This is news. 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 One year ago, Cherno, hoping to avoid being held back for the ninth year in a row. Okay, I'm skipping that to the game. The game, the characters hop their way through isometric fields and flap their way through battle. It is an isometric hop again. I'm going to right click, copy link, and I'm going to. Oh, can I it's, copy link? It's, One second. it's four images. I was going to do the oh. same thing. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there's tons of content. That is the next selling point. The three fairies are dumb in battle, which is expected, uh, leaving you in charge of the carefully crafted tactic system to plan their way to victory. It features over uh, 35, 35 characters, over 50 hours of expected playtime. I wonder how that... How do you mm, expected playtime? Okay, over 500 achievements to unlock. This is no teeny little game. It's jam-packed. Jam. You put a lot of jam in this packed content. It's an RPG that will keep you hooked and looking for more. Exclamation mark. Now we're going to describe the tactic system. There is a lot of moving images on this GIF, and I cannot articulate them, so I'm skipping it. Uh, I, I like how throughout this entire thing, Nano <laughs> chose to skip the story, but also elects to say every exclamation point and question mark in every sentence. Look, I... Content needs to be drawn out for purposes that I are I keep intrinsically and yet do not fully understand. Your foes will act according to their own tactics. Oh, interesting. So we got some isometric gameplay stuff. We got some RPG stuff. We got menus with lots of pretty colors and percent numbers. I like that. Um, there's a lot going on here visually, and I am kind of dumbfounded with all of the movements, so I like it. I'm like a crow that sees shiny things, and I stare at it without comprehension. Shiny things. Uh, yeah. Look, yes. All right. So that describes the game. Um, I hope that sold it for you guys. $17.99 on Steam, about a month old, very positive. Hey, let's go look at some of these reviews. All right. <laughs> I like, doesn't uh, recommend there, it. 42 hours. I like this game, honestly. Uh, there's a, about like four other paragraphs, but I don't think that's important. He said he liked it. Uh, that's all oh, the that acronym matters. for this. Uh, TFHFGJ is a cute, active time battle RPG for relaxing, gentle pace. That's neat. Recommended. Uh, let's see. And that was, ooh, 52 hours on record. That hit that. That's more than expected playtime. That is that is selling the goods there. Uh, we have another review here. Best Toad Dungeon Game I've ever played. 41 hours on record. Wow. Oh, we got, that's, okay. That's pretty high praise, actually. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was actually only four reviews. Okay. Um, oh, okay, that's it. <laughs> so... Well, actually, it says, okay, it says there's 34 user reviews, but I guess only four of them are written, so for, uh, that's it. That's cool. For our non-English folks out there, I'm so sorry. Nano talks fast. I'm, I'm not. I don't need your apologies. 
They might, <laughs> but that's fine. They they might. <laughs> it's not it's not directed at me, so I don't I shouldn't take any uh, quirks on that. Uh -huh. All right, um, let's take a look. What did we put in the notes here? That's that's neat. That's cool. It involves fairies. That's cool. Um, let me go back up here. What's the other game that we covered earlier? Something about some. You Ukarian. Let me click that one. If we ever... oh, yeah, we did this <laughs> oh, we're going back. We're going back. Wait, uh, Look, wait. I feel bad just giving only two thirds service on this. All right. Uh, okay. okay. Never mind. I'm. That's a. That's a lot of details, and that's uh, <laughs> a nice animation on those. Um, that backpedaled really that's quick. A, yeah. Well, you know, I try to do the recon after I've announced the attack. Before. So I can uh, save face and make it look like I've did something appropriate. So moving on to the next section, uh, passing it back to Lunar. Uh, Kalio, mate. Thank you, Nano. Uh, I, I do. Oh, no need to thank me. I, <laughs> unnecessary. I do have to say three fairies hopping, flapping, great journey. Uh, actually has a pretty ret good retro style soundtrack and kind of actually sprite style. And um, I can only describe like the gameplay as um, Paper Mario meets Final Fantasy VI. T F H G F J. Yeah, that one. what a what a great. great <laughs> I'll remember that. Acronym. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, thank you um, to everyone else, not to Nano because he doesn't need it, but. Um, I also feel like Nano just like filled his quota for the last few months for the times that he missed out being on these shows. I said the words. Let me count how many words I said. Please, uh, please don't. <laughs> please don't. Nano needs to go back to uh, tank design. Uh, let me tell you about tank design. Let me tell you. Let me the tell more you about how to fly the FA-18. <laughs> the more turrets you have on a tank, the more targets you engage simultaneously at Wait once. a minute. I'm sure that's how that 60% works. 60% of the people in this chat room are people who play DCS. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know All if right. so much plays it as much as he does trolls it. I, does anyone <laughs> truly play a simulator? You cry yeah, sure. while you playing exist. The simulator. The simulator. Yeah. I'll have I, you know. I do have to say. I do have to say. If you want a good horror game, play DCS. It <laughs> uh, <laughs> gets scary really fast. Right. Let's segue into Alien Isolation now, boys. Or you, you wanna, we're you approaching Halloween. I'll play big. Let's go. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Since Flat's here, what what did you think of Nano's assessment? His his. Did, did you catch all that? Did take take some notes? <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I'll deafen myself for a few minutes. I, so you I have, have, I have taken a lot of notes. I have actually a 200 megabytes file full of notes oh right now. Uh, I got uh, I got half of what Nano said. Um, 10 out of 10 would hear again. Cool. And if you want to listen to that again, you can. What a week from now, if you're uh, not one of our enthusiasts, but uh, that is available over on our website. It, it will be the the recording of it will be up as a podcast on GetSoCurity.net on our show's tab. Yeah, because people are going to ask, and so I've got to tell people. All right, cool. Uh, let's hop into our next batch of songs here. We've got a few from, well, this one's from Soundholic, the album Metallic Vampire. After that, something from Sekenya, which uh, I think might actually be new. That might be our first song from them believe it or not, and then uh, they've been around for a while. Uh, and then after that, something from Toho Jihan, and we'll be back in a little bit after that, right here on Gensoki Radio Live number 108.
Tokyo Radio Live number 108 this evening. Same people here, same stuff going on for the next half an hour or so. You're joining us at the tail end of our two-hour live show that we do every month. Kintsoki Radio Live shows, if you have missed them, are also available on our website, kintsoki.net, and the shows tab over there. We also have monthly Discord stage events that we've been doing. Our fourth one was just earlier this month and is... Uh, currently available for anyone to consume so uh yeah those live shows are also available through pretty much every major platform out there your your apple podcasts google podcasts spotify deezer all you know tune in all that stuff um so we're out there uh discord stage events haven't done that yet for those but uh i think they run consistently enough where we're probably going to get those out there and uh Hopefully more folks will be able to listen and tune in that way. So yeah. So while so while we were on break, we were actually talking about Flat Bartender and how how much uh Final Fantasy has changed as of late. And I just realized Yeah uh, no, no, no. as the, while they were talking, the refu that there's actually like people moving away from World of Warcraft into Final Fantasy fourteen. Okay, I need to set the record straight here. The majority of the conversation was very much DCS and figuring out the flight <laughs> controls in the Mosquito and Planetside 2. But on the side... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a side conversation. But that actually struck me because I used to play WoW for like ever. I think I played from vanilla all the way through probably Mists of Pandaria. And then I stopped after that. And I was like, oh man, now how are you gonna find a way to kill this game? 
Well, and then, and then Final Fantasy. Found way. It, <laughs> nobody found a way. It just killed itself. Like really. Well, it's, I know it did, but like at the same itself. time, Final Fantasy fourteen. It seems like it's got like the took everything that made WoW great and kicked it up a notch because like there's like a ton of classes. Or Enix like, didn't I, have to do anything. They just had to be there, right? Yeah, basically. When, they when, just had to, the to be there and in the top five and ready to accept people. Like I think, I think the um, the uh, the the um, the free trial actually played a big role. Like oh, yeah. it's it's quite incredible to see how it how the how the free trial uh, released like six months before um, World of Warcraft just uh, started having problems and like. Uh, when the free trial released, uh, we didn't see much of much change in the server's population. But when World of Warcraft started having problems, it was massive, and I think it wouldn't have happened uh, if it wasn't for the free trial. Uh, it's... Even if it's a big meme, but Final, <laughs> it's... Final Fantasy also had a, a pretty big sale on getting the base game and the expansions and stuff. So that kind of partially played a role. Like I'm. I'm aware that like one of the friend groups, uh, Zeronik, who's been on our program before, and some of his buddies, uh, I end up playing with them some nights, and um, I am aware that the majority of their group got it during that sale. It was something like 50% off for that stuff at the time, so um, I have to imagine that was also a pretty big contributor to the way things are right now. <laughs> I don't think so, actually. Really? When people play when people play uh, Final Fantasy XIV, they don't really much think about the base game because there's also a subscription. So it, you, it's, usually, it's one. It, of, it's an incentive. I mean, I agree. Yes, but, uh, but okay. Well, I mean, I think of our friend group, one person to stop playing. Um, so there's that, and then also, to me, the idea of having to like buy the game in addition to the monthly subscription, like. That was a f that's a foreign concept to me because in every other MMO game I've tried over the last you know 10 15 years or whatever uh, that's never been a thing Final Fantasy is the first game where it's like you know spend sixty dollars to get you know the complete pack or whatever and then you also pay an additional you know twelve dollars a month or whatever it is yeah I agree and then there's also a cash shop but it's it's less intrusive than World of Warcraft's one I heard yeah so my take on the entire that entire situation is that I'm I'm pretty sure the issues of World of Warcraft were just a slow boiling thing. Um, just yeah. speaking to some people who've had it, um, it, it I, I don't I wouldn't even say that like the big free trial was a big contender. Um, I would honestly think it's just the way Blizzard treats stuff because like Blizzard does something like hey you know subscribe for six months and you get the special mount. So that's how they got people to do the six month subscriptions because they wanted that sort of. Uh, the fear of missing out type thing. Um, their updates aren't super stellar, and uh, I mean, and there's a whole lot of very, very, very outspoken big streamers that start mm. calling out issues. I think um, mm. there's a huge host of them, and they they over time, and it's it's a kind of cascade effect, right? Because when you have one big World of Warcraft streamer who goes, I, I'm going to go play Final Fantasy, and they get a big viewing like on Twitch, the others are going to take note, right? And then as more people take note, the waterfall. Oh, is oh yeah smaller. this is like when uh all the people from csgo were like migrating to valorant like <laughs> that's what got valorant so like big and then the same thing with overwatch like overwatch also moved over to valorant because it's just like oh it's this is just like a hybrid between csgo and overwatch let's just go 
Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of stuff, I, mean, I have I have stickler things with Valorant because a lot of the early Valorant and stuff was very very like subsidized content paid for to uh, people streaming it. Um, like I th it's one of the like Overwatch had this like big golden era because I play a lot of Overwatch, and then I think Overwatch just kind of like for me it crashed like. I played like the the rank mode to like season three or something, and then like just there's a part of me that just like I didn't want to play it anymore. Like I had fun up until the point, and then it stopped. And I know a lot of people who did that. Um, I think Valorant has anything. I'm gonna say that's probably most for a lot of really like burning high profile like games you'd see on Twitch. Um, and then whatever remains is the core fan base. Like I don't see a whole lot of stuff of Counter Strike, but I do know there's a huge fan base for it, and that's probably just the nature that Counter Strike's the one of those older, um, longer lasting ones, and so. I mean, yeah, enough I people still play it for me to make $160, $180 selling off old skins. Yeah, but that's not <laughs> real dollars. That's that's Valve fun bucks. <laughs> Valve fun bucks. Hey, yeah, it, it, that's that's the trick. Like that's that's the mental yeah. trick, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, you can still cash out for a little bit less, but it's also uh, it's also Battlefield fun bucks. It's also um, what's uh, what was I gonna get? Uh, Eurofighter fun bucks. We'll see. Yeah, that's a DCS meme. But yeah, um, that there's a lot of different factors that went into all the all the weird timing that was with Blizzard and World of Warcraft. That is very fascinating, um, and just all it took was a, a competently run uh, competitor like Final Fantasy, and um, I would say even Elder Scrolls online, online at some degree as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, they. Really, Elder Scrolls Online is uh, is uh, it's quite a nice game, actually. Yeah, I heard it. Like, see, that's the thing, because like Final Fantasy also had the same problems ESO had, where initial release sucked, and then mm. they re-relaunched, and it was an amazingly better game. Because <laughs> ESO yeah. ESO was garbage at launch. Yeah, same but with um, Fantasy. yeah, but like MMOs are. I think I think they are really tough to, to get right because they are already a niche a niche, a niche genre of game and it involves a lot of tough programming and an enormous amount of content. It's incredible and if something goes wrong, it's go it goes wrong for everybody. And if there's a bug in the in the server, then the server crashes and it's it must be a mess uh, in the backend and. It's the, it's no wonder it, it goes bad every time, basically, the, I think. The biggest strength that Final Fantasy has is that Yoshi P also plays World of Warcraft and he says he likes yeah. the game. Um and it's so a big MMO fan, yeah. Yes. And so the um I heard this from a bunch of people. I've not we thought this is of course coming from someone who's never really done much for World of Warcraft, is that, um, and this is from a few years ago, that they always thought that Final Fantasy is World of Warcraft, but like a few years in the past. Um, in terms of just how they do design stuff. Um, and that's probably why, like, that's that's a big appeal to a lot of the uh, um, World of Warcraft players I've spoken to, is just that, like, it's it's what they sort of remember nostalgia kind of about with how they used to enjoy MMOs, and that, that brings them over to that line. Um, so that's neat. I mean, it, I'm happy that it's successful and that... Uh, yeah, the passion you should be as for his projects getting recognized. So, uh, kudos to him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there was something yeah. that uh, Kasserin or Kasserkin said in our general chat just a bit ago. Uh, said something like, "I finally felt out of touch with the younger generation when I was sitting on a train, and a child sitting near me was instantly telling his mother how he wanted to be 
a Fortnite professional, like a like a streamer, like that was going to be their job. And you know, I'm I tried just kind of looking this up real quick while you guys were chatting about this, and I can't find any real sources for this um, in this short time span. But I remember hearing something on the news where like a lot of like high schoolers or like young twenty somethings they aspire to be like a streamer or some like some in the arts profession you know something that's like <laughs> super competitive but also yeah. just like they they sort of yearn for that that sort of <clears throat> the the allure of the lifestyle whether it's you know mimics reality or not is another conversation but well it's it's one of those things right that like you're sitting there and if you take let's take things at face value that like you go to youtube because that's what everyone does um, you happen to get recommendations what you search for, and if the cultural zeitgeist says, hey, I like Fortnite, guess what's coming up? So you're going to see a whole bunch of people with lots of views that people like and are popular playing a game that you can download for free right now. Um, just go to the site, sign up, whatever, play it. And the barrier to entry to at least do a basic like stream is relatively low, right? It's not like, oh, I want to be an electrician. I need to go through an apprenticeship and then like two years and then get accredited or whatever, right? Like like if, if a kid goes, I could be that guy and it only takes like 40 minutes of setup or something like that to like get the first, first foot in the door. Like it is both a thing that is popular with everyone around you and something that you know you can start doing because the pathway is very very well documented it's like if you search how do i stream you're going to get a bunch of people you're going to get your favorite streamers telling you what they do you're going to get a lot of easy to access information um and so that makes a like a self-fulfilling prophecy right like you're gonna you're gonna get like those that that type of mentality if that makes sense i hope i've i described that readily I enough i feel like okay over the past couple of years especially I would say if you were to look from 2010 to now, streaming itself has moved from being more what I would call a tech-based profession, quote unquote, um, to being more of a performance-based, where yeah. acting skill means more than your technical skill at the game or technical skill at the yeah, in, computational part because in the end it's entertainment right like yeah it's, at the end it's smile. entertainment so that's why you're you're seeing a lot more people with who aren't good at the game or aren't good at whatever they're doing right there, but there, they some... have a personality that's absolutely magnetic like look at people like pewdiepie ninja i would not say I, w I wouldn't go off and say Ninja himself is garbage at games, but he he moves around so much that there's like because a good example is Ninja used to be a pro um, Halo 2 player um, and a pro Fortnite player. Um, but there's definitely people who are well above him in skill. Um, but it's his personality that really gets him. Um, XQD, uh, I'm trying to remember who else. Um, what's his name? He, I, I can't remember his name, but there's, there's one streamer that I know of that's like super insanely popular who pretty much just his whole thing is just to be a troll to everybody. And I remember specifically he got banned from like the pixel servers, on GTA five roleplay or whatever. And he like the whole, whole it's all about the shtick. It's not about like 
it's not about the skill anymore at the game. Like, I feel like people who 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 speedrun now have to kind of start leaning on the personality more than the skill. Even though I think in speedrunning, skill is still very much a what makes your stream big or not big. Um, case in point, uh, Danny B, who just got like this insane world record, any percent Ocarina of Time. Like, if you watch like all of his other stuff that he does, he, I wouldn't say on the personality scale he's like massive um, at all, actually. Um, but the people he surrounds himself with are definitely like the most charismatic people out there. So I feel like the shift now from uh, Twitter. Twitch itself or just streaming or even just YouTube in general moving for a more performance and um, kind of like a I, I think that's a I, I get what you mean I think it's just a natural progression of a mm. service that's gradually and over time I mean I'd say cable's dead right but like as your audience moves away from traditional television the same tropes that keep them in that kept them entertained on traditional television right and kept people traditionally entertained are also going to apply to a uh entertainment platform such as youtube right or twitch or whatever because i mm -hmm. you think about it right like like if a streamer comes on at this time and he streams for two hours that's no different than tuning in to watch four episodes of or the king of the hill and simpsons at seven o'clock on fox and whatever right like it's it's it essentially for the the person who's consuming the media or consuming the entertainment right like that audience is now drawn to that type of content, but it's also personable because you get to communicate. You can type in chat and get their responses. And that provides like a feedback loop, an engagement mechanism that you don't get from traditional TV other than like the ones that you'd like call in and that would be part of their like their spiel. But I mean, I, I think those are all staged on TV anyway, but I digress. Um, you're right that it went from like a niche audience who now has a medium like say speedrunning who wanted to watch people just do things fast expanded to like well if you had personality you get more viewers more viewers means more donations now you have an incentive to push for that bigger audience and then twitch rewards that by if you're consistent have a big enough audience you get subscriptions you get uh whatever the little partner tier or affiliate tier stuff is mm -hmm. um and then it it's basically that same thing that cable television because i like the early years of television right that was informational like there, there weren't a whole lot of programs that was a whole lot of just experimental stuff and then when it technology matured and things became easier to get your foot in the door to do experimental stuff like mtv back in the cartoon network um then that took off and then basically we're seeing that same sort of uh entertainment i don't i don't want to use the word renaissance but that same sort of transition and, and pretty much anyone can create their own quote-unquote channel that's why they're called channels on youtube and Twitch yep. and all that stuff so uh so we really went in a certain direction that i wasn't expecting us to go into but i want to take it back a little bit dnj <laughs> you said before that you know you've wanted to do stuff on twitch and i've basically said well oh, yeah. cool when are you gonna get started and it's been i don't know how many years uh but you know you've i'm just saying this for for posterity's sake here, but you've got the equipment, you've got a green screen, you've got a microphone, you've got the personality, I would argue, right? Uh, and we know that it works because when we did our 10 year anniversary show, you actually used some of that. 
for our stream, which you, if you missed out on that, I think that's up on YouTube and our, on, on Gensoki Radio's YouTube channel. So that's over there. But my question to you is, you know, when, when is that going to happen? Or if you don't know about the Twitch channel, when is things like, I don't know, the Project X podcast or like your ideas of becoming a vocalist or, or I don't know, heck, maybe doing music reviews, well, like some of this other cool stuff, the most recent of which is your your custom like D&D style game that we've been kind of talking about over the last couple of shows here. Okay, so first off, Twitch streaming is happening no matter what. Now, the, the thing that's holding up the Twitch streaming thing is two things. One is really just the location of where my desk is physically. And I don't... I, I've shown you my desk, Luder. I've You've seen it. I have. This thing is a, a beast to it, move. It's I a brick. It, yeah. I, it's, I built this thing myself. And um, I recently had to come to a, a very hard uh, decision where the desk has to go. It's, I mean, I'm still keeping it, but it's not going to be my computer desk. I'm, I'm starting to realize certain clamps don't fit. Um, the, the, my future uh, setup for my hotas is not going to work on here. So the location of the desk is going to have to move outside of the space that i have set myself for so twitch streaming will happen when that happens or when i finally get my condo whatever happens first mm -hmm. um typically because i mean i i don't know my internet is if i were to as i'm sitting here and i'm gonna be talking about this for a minute i'm going to um run a quick speed test and it will be abysmal I can already tell you that because I'm already getting so we prepare for robotic out. DMJ. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's going to get a little bad here for a minute, um, but I'm running a speed test actually on my phone, so it won't be that bad. Um, oh, yeah, it, it definitely hit. Um, so there's that the D&D campaign. That is something I'm actively working on. Um, like I said, I'm still piecing story elements together because the very the hardest part is when you're writing a story and you know you're going to have um, points of continuity that you have to hit in order for the story to make sense. You have to also make sure that you can fact check back to the original story and be like, all right, how does this all work? My current speed right now is 19.1 megabits down. Upload 3.84. So, yeah. Hmm. Not ideal. Right. <laughs> um, so, there's that. But the the the, the Shadowrun campaign itself is something I am very much working on in the background. The the, the big things right now, um, like I said, piecing story bits together. I'm working very hard to make like a lot of while while making my own story, applying my applying a lot of lore that actually does exist within the Toho universe to each other. So it doesn't seem like this is like a completely fanon thing. Like I want there to be anchor points um, to the actual Toho canon that work. Um, that way it doesn't seem like it's just, I'm making like ship simulator 20, like 2021, you know, I want it to be like an actual like canonized, like it can exist within the canon, but definitely won't kind of feel to it um like i said like 
I'm making really fun elements, like somehow tying the Lunarians to 1968 Soviet Union. It's wild stuff when you get into that thing. Like, there's definitely going to be Russian characters I have to deal with, and I also have to work on a Russian accent, which I'm garbage at. All right. Um, there's definitely going to be, like, this really cool, um, like, horror segment of going to... Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the island. It's Shadowrun. Um, it kind of it's it's a very dark part of Shadowrun, but there's uh, an island off the off um, the Japan mainland that has some terrible history to it um, that I'm just gonna go off to, and we're gonna plop the players in there, and it definitely will be tied to the Toho story, and there's definitely gonna be some like horror elements it's going to be like i want there to be horror elements but like it's going to be like each episode is a different like each all right kind so, of story point is a different genre that's that's per se. that's all well and good and i i recognize and appreciate your passion for the project but at what point are we actually gonna get people together in a room start doing this thing well, the first thing I have to do first is um, before I get to that point is I need to get some um, what I'm going to call story snippets. And I actually want to send it to you, Lunar, first Boy. so you can read order it, read over it, because there's definitely going to be some darker vibes to uh, this story. Yeah. OK. Um, and I want to make sure that they are kosher before i sent them sure um then the next thing after that is i need to pull the entirety of our listener base and be like hey and i think i'm gonna probably because there's definitely gonna be needed um needed vetting process um i'm probably gonna limit it to probably maybe enthusiasts i'm not sure yet because I need to make sure that the people that are going to invest their time in this are willing to invest their time and that are able to sit down and do this um, and be able to maybe even do because there is going to be a phase the what I call phase zero or a lot of people call it um, campaign zero or zero day where we have to sit down create our characters I if you have not played again played any of this game I have to sit down and walk you through character creation um which can take a little bit um oh yeah shadow and character creation takes a little bit yeah, yeah. character creation takes a while a lot of times that ends up being like the first day almost yes yeah, yeah. Day, yeah that's what it's called uh uh campaign zero or zero day or then if you have not played shadow run i will have to get a what i would call one off together and get those people to play a one-off campaign in a single session um, with pre-made characters so that they understand when they go into the actual campaign what the rules are and how things because this isn't like regular DD. there's like actual like you have to ro roll initiative many times during a combat phase and you have to get used to counting dice there's a lot of d6 we are going to use an app i'm not going to <laughs> be a cruel person like we did when I, we did our physical campaign and i have you i have a lot of d6 <laughs> Because there's a character that we had in our previous campaign. To do an armor check, it was 40d6. Yeah, I had the same in my previous campaign, too. Yeah, it's 40d6. It's so fun. Ooh. Like, really, but, it's so funny when they... when they 
Oh, d d does does this hit? Well, let me check. Rolls forty dice. Um, no, I don't think it so does. So there's that. Then, but but once we get to the point where we actually have to sit down with people, that will probably take another maybe month or two because I'm still working on bringing. Because I got all the shadow run like rules done. Like, uh, vampires might still need to be a little work, and fairies might still need a little work, and I'm gonna probably work on them. But the hard part is now I have to bring the Toho, the Donmaku, the spell card element, all the magical elements into Shadowrun and make them jive within the Shadowrun universe where it doesn't seem like I'm ham fisting in a, um, just like a mechanic that doesn't make sense or should it exist here. Like, the spell cards go, and I have to balance it and make sure that when you balance the um, spellcard, because I have like this really, um, there's a lot of D&D campaigns that do this, where when you add your own element, you let your players actually sit down and create what their their thing is. So like my thought is, hey, why don't we have all of our players make like three spell cards? And just make sure that those, and then we have to sit down and balance those spell cards out. Um, so it's a bit of an involved process when you make your own campaign, because not only are you you're building a game while also building a story and you have to be able to balance both of those at once. And the story that I have is very convoluted, convoluted, like, whoo boy, there is a lot like I even there are some elements that I have written in um, where I actually have to do some like just monologuing. Like, there will be no character interaction because you're going to be observing something from the outside. And um, I have to decide that this this is where I was going with this, that specific moment that I'm talking about, because I really do not want to spoil it. I've pretty much written out, at least in my head, what the framing, the, 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 the lines being said between these two characters are and but then i have to figure out how does that fit within the overall toho timeline versus this timeline and whether or not i want to make them the same timeline or two timelines that split off and it it gets it gets real heavy really okay. fast once right. you get in there so here's the thing as as the gm or, or dm or whoever whatever it's called in this version as long as you can make sense of things and keep track of things and it's it's understandable enough to those who are involved in this entire scheme, great. That's that's actually pretty neat. Uh, as for when this is happening, again, I guess we don't really know. It depends. It's, it's not... It, I, it I, depends on I, I only bring, how much time I have left, I only, but I do have... Yeah. I only bring this up because that was the original question, and the, the point is that having having sort of this non-defined time and talking about it months in advance helps to drum up interest, as I'm sure some of our, our listeners will be like, you know, it's been on the mind for a while, but the, the real question that I'm sure it, I'm sort of asking on behalf of some folks who listen is when is this happening? And we, yeah, so we, we don't really know, but uh, can you give us a ballpark? I will probably have it done at least before Christmas. Okay. Because I want that's going to be when the time where I'm going to be on break. That okay. will be the time when my vacation rolls over at work um, and I get to just to figure out my fate, <laughs> essentially, when it comes to the chip shortage of what my schedule is going to look like going into 2022. Um, 
and that way we can get people together and start putting it together now the cool part about this process is i'm also going to be within the discord like because i'm again new to this dm thing and i need to if there's people out there that have any like tips for me please pm me i need this um but the big thing um is talking with other Shadowrun players which i know a bunch of people in the discord already do um in order to get kind of like the rules kind of in line um and as of late i've been on the discord a lot more so um we're kind of i'm kind of still working through that process um so yeah that's about it all right fair enough cool well, we're actually surprisingly close to the end of the show here. I did have one more block that I could play music from, uh, but that might actually have to wait until next time. So just know that we still have a lot more new music to go through that we can play from, and we are gradually integrating all of this new music into the, uh, into the, the station itself, um, just so that it doesn't sound like we've become an entirely different radio station overnight. That is, that's kind of the point of doing this sort of over time and interspersed rather than doing it all at once and then hitting the go button and suddenly we're playing music from a bunch of circles that no one, that's a regular just on the station. Just drop the flash sail, Lunar, just put it on there, just boom, carpet bombing. More importantly, put them all in there. more importantly, Nano, that requires me to spend a lot of time. There's this, <laughs> there's this process, I, I actually can't release it all at once, so... Uh, so there's okay. that, but, but definitely look forward to it, um, because we are continuously working on this stuff and, and thanks to the, the, the cloud system being backed up and Zara being able to contribute again and DMJ being able to contribute. And of course I grabbed a bunch of albums last month as well. Uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's look forward to it. That's really all I can say. Um, yeah. Apparently something else you can look forward to, um, I was asked to, to sort of mention this, but um, anyone out there who plays Toho Lost Word, uh, they've been doing a couple of dev, letter, uh, dev letters, kind of like the one that, uh, well, not, not quite as complex as the one that the, the folks at Final Fantasy XIV did, but, uh, but similar idea, right? It kind of tells you about the state of things, some things that are upcoming and new, and um, yeah, hashtag not sponsored, by the way, but... Uh, but their next one, I think, is next week sometime, and they have their first guest, so uh, might be lo worth listening in, or watching, actually. It's on YouTube, so. Uh, and that's in live stream form, so it'll be up at whatever date at whatever time. Just, you know, pay attention to that, and we'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah. And then, I guess, to just cover some of the GR stuff, last-minute info. Uh, obviously, I've been talking about this, but we are currently in Phase 2. We have our... our source box you know our, our server setup it is going if you've been listening to the station for any time over the last you know month or two you'll know that we've got uh this whole new system built in transitions are cleaner we've got sort of this like preview trailer thing it happens every couple of hours and yeah uh, it also makes adding music to the system a lot more streamlined so there is all that uh, going. It is currently in production and uh, hopefully people have been enjoying that. And then of course uh, we did notice that some folks were having some issues with the mobile app. Again this sort of is in conjunction with this whole you know, Icecast incompatibility with the mobile app thing uh, that we are aware of and that uh, 
an update is underway for the app and will be pushed to the uh, Google Play Store when it is ready to go. So in the meantime, there's sort of this fallback old endpoint thing that it depends on. And as I understand it, some folks weren't able to listen to a lot of our live show this evening because of it. So if you were one of those people that missed out, uh, you can definitely you know listen to this show or any of our past shows up on our website or any podcast platform that's out there. And that's kind of the best I've got for you at this point in time. Um, in the meantime, look forward to that app being out there. And uh, yeah, I guess one last thing is after the Android app goes up and we have sort of the basic, you know, any any real basic uh, simple issues or complaints or things like that are sort of ironed out, uh, we will start looking at building an iOS app. I know we've got a lot of folks out there that are missing out on that, that haven't been able to enjoy listening to us through a native app. Uh, of course, there are still other options like TuneIn and such that you can listen to uh, if you've got an iPhone, but uh, yeah, look forward to that as well. So uh, we've still got more stuff going on. We're always working on something behind the scenes. And um, if you're interested in learning more about what we've got going on behind the scenes, I do want to mention as well that we've got uh, our quote unquote this episode sponsor, uh, which is really just our patron uh, supporters. So if you aren't already aware, we did mention this last time, but uh, our listeners are already chipping in to support the folks who work behind the scenes to develop this and other things uh, through 3x7. So that's patreon.com slash 3x7 if you weren't aware. Uh, every little like GR live um, episode art that you see, the bottom right, it's got this 3x7, that's 3x7. That's that's our group. It's the people behind Gensoki Radio who are working on uh, making sure that this stuff is not only just staying alive, but also improving over time and thriving and all that good stuff. So if you're interested in supporting, uh, you do get some stuff, some perks, such as exclusive updates, early access to show recordings like the one that you're listening to now. You'll get to hear it by the end of this weekend instead of waiting a week. Um, obviously, uh, we also did have some new shirts. Uh, that's right. I should mention that we have... Uh, we did have a name reading Sesmog. Unfortunately, you missed out. So... Uh, but um, shirts, yeah, we uh, our general stock is on our website, so, and once that stock is gone, it's gone uh, until not the near future if we decide to do a reprint of any of those designs. So the uh, the Shield Cherno and the Magic Marissa shirts are up there as well if you want to support uh, the station directly for things like server rental costs and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, uh, that's it. That's basically the episode, and also not to mention that Flat is one of those folks. Uh, he is with us tonight because he is one of those supporters. So thank you very much, Fly, for joining us tonight. Yeah, no problem. I had fun. I think, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a live show, but a lot of the fun happens behind the scenes as well. A bunch of conversations that we have that just don't get broadcast, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, like my rant. Yeah, and uh, Roman Noodles. Roman Noodles. I will never get to live that you one. You got a shout-out? You got a shout-out, Flat? Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Nah, I don't have a shout-out today to, right. send, to, to send, hey, unfortunately. How about ending the episode for us? Do you know, uh, you, you want to give it a shot? Nah, not, not really. Ah, I haven't you're no prepared fun. anything. Okay, Maybe right. next time. All right, all right. So, for everyone here, DMJ, Flat Bartender, Nano, and Zara, I am Lunar. Thanks for joining us this time, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Till then.